Have you heard the saying, a sight for sore eyes? It usually implies that something is pleasant or something that you're looking forward to seeing. But would you ever consider what's right in front of you, a sight for sore eyes? Staring at computer screens for too long is often a big cause of modern eye strain. And in the midst of COVID season, it doesn't look like those problems will be resolved anytime soon. Hi, I'm Jen. I'm Dane. I'm Matthew. I'm Tina. And I'm Michael. And in this episode, we'll be delving into the effects and consequences of eye strain and COVID times. And you're listening to Stay of the Pod, where science meets society. With many colleges and universities going virtual, eye strain is becoming a prominent problem for students and teachers alike. That's why it's especially important that we address the many unanswered questions and concerns of eye strain that students have. Tina and Dane have interviewed Dr. DeRoche to answer some of these questions. My name is Dr. Laura Roach, and I am a doctor of optometry, Cornell Neurobiology Behavior Major, class of 1981. And <laughs> I have practiced optometry in Connecticut, in Naugatuck, Connecticut for 36 years, and I do primary care. I see people starting at age three. I don't see kids under three, but, and I had a hundred year old last week. So all ages. And uh, really love what I do because people don't understand their eyes or what they actually, you know, their eyes and how they work and how their eyes impact what you can do and how you feel. Okay, thank you so much for joining us. So um, do you happen to see more younger patients after COVID due to this increased use of electronics? I actually see um, not just younger patients, but all patients. And we are, you know, with increased symptoms of eye strain during COVID um, because people are not only on their computer and on their screens more, but because they're indoors more. Um, people haven't, you know, when you do to re do relaxing things, you might do them inside. You're not gonna go outside, go to a park, go to, you know, um, get outside and get fresh air and move. And when you're just sitting looking at a screen, especially if your social is meeting other people on a screen, <laughs> that doesn't help. Um, we, we are actually though, you mentioned the younger population, we're actually seeing younger patients with dry eye, which is part of computer vision syndrome. And we don't normally, younger patients don't typically have dry eyes in the way that an older patient would. And we're seeing much more of that now um, and really teaching people about visual hygiene um, in, in ways that we haven't had to previously. A lot of students also expressed concerns of their drastically increased screen times due to the pandemic and its effect on their eye strains. Cornell undergrad Doris shared her experience with us. I feel like when things are online, I spend maybe like eight hours a day looking at a computer, four hours, four hours of that dedicated to classes, but more of my time dedicated to finishing my work. And especially pre-COVID, I had the opportunity to go outside to meet people in different clubs. But now all the clubs are virtual and every single social is also virtual. So nearly all of my time is spent online. So I do agree that my eye strain has increased during the COVID-19 environment. Um, how concerned should we be 
because of our increase in screen time. I think the increase in screen time means that you're sitting more for that period of time too. And so if you're spending 10 hours on a screen, that's 10 hours you're sitting doing nothing except looking at your screen. And so it actually physically is bad for your body because you don't get any blood flow when you're just sitting. Human bodies were not meant to sit for 10 hours a day. And I'm not a physical therapist, but I think that they would all tell you that. Um, and that's why for every 20 minutes, if you get up to you know, say hi to a friend or get up to look out the window or get up to do something else or move your shoulders or things like that, you can't just sit and stare at your screen. And I know we all do. Um, <laughs> I was on two calls yesterday. It's a weekend. I was on two calls yesterday morning. I'm on one today. I'm on one tomorrow morning. I'm on one tomorrow night. And I'm not a student. <laughs> um, and so I think that the problem with our sitting with those screens is that we need breaks and you need to stretch and move and use all of the muscles and not just, you know, you guys are going to be stuck in a seated position. So, you know, going off of that, um, is it possible to go blind from excessive screen use that's like a very extreme situation but no like i love that question though because people ask <laughs> they're afraid that they're going to use up their eyes <laughs> the eye is not a tissue that that you can use up <laughs> it's a it's a tissue made of collagen and fluid and you know surfaces and things like that and you can't use your eye up um you can actually can't even overuse them you can just dry them out <laughs> so reading and doing close work and staring at a screen is not going to actually hurt your eye in and of itself it just makes them tired and dry just like if you overuse your muscles you know any um the eye has six muscles on the outside of each eye and there's a muscle on the inside of your eye that has to focus on the inside so when you're reading you're using the muscles on the inside of your eye to focus to you know which basically focuses light on the screen and you're using 12 muscles six on each eye to hold the eyes in focus on that screen and so when you're looking from place to place to place you're using teeny muscles just to, that have to work and refocus and do that all day so but you you know that's muscle fatigue that doesn't use them up so no you, you won't go blind from your screen that's that's the relief <laughs> to older patients older people are always worried that you know because as you get old your vision gets not as clear and mm -hmm. it's like no 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 go ahead and read it's good for you it's good for your mind <laughs> It was relieving to find out that at least we can't go blind from excessive screen usage. But at the same time, we were still curious how the current generation will be affected by our sudden sedentary and virtual lifestyle. Do you think this phenomenon will like a certain affect the current generation's vision in the next few decades, like the long-term effects of this? It's, it's interesting you ask that because before the COVID shutdown, one of our regional meetings, I worked for a large group practice and one of our regional meetings actually discussed some of the effects that people get from long-term effects of using screens too much, one of which is increased in myopia. Um, the WHO is, is predicting that worldwide, 50% of the population will be myopic or nearsighted um, by 2050. And in the US, it's as of right now, almost 50% of US people are, are nearsighted. Um, and that's not totally due to being indoors, or, or sorry, it's not totally due to screen time, but it's due to the fact that your screen time eats up the amount of time you might spend outdoors. Um, and 
spending time outside actually does help prevent myopia. They've, that's the only thing that we've learned. It's not just staring at a screen all day that's causing it. It's the fact that you don't spend an hour a day outside because you're spending that extra hour inside. Um, and increased in myopia causes an elongation of the eye. And when your eye is longer, you're more likely to have stretching changes in your retina. And so it actually can cause long-term permanent effects. And we, but, and this isn't new, it's just worsened. So we're, we work a lot about myopia prevention and um, you know, they, they actually call it an epidemic. Is there any evidence that our eyes adjust over time to adapt to the digital era? <laughs> no, <laughs> actually the way we're adapting to the digital era is becoming more and more nearsighted. <laughs> so, and that is actually not a good thing. <laughs> being more nearsighted, as I said earlier, being more nearsighted actually elongates your eye and that actually causes, can cause permanent retinal changes in the future, which as you age and everything gets more brittle, you'll, you actually run the risk of getting um, myopic retinopathy or retinal tears um, from that stretched retina. And so the way we're adapting is actually not good. <laughs> You're basically increasing the chances of getting myopia, not only by staring at your screen, but also sitting in one place for too long. So in addition to putting your screens away, it's also equally important to spend more time outside to prevent myopia. Besides spending time outdoors, we also wanted to learn more about the effectiveness of current trending products to prevent eye strain. But how helpful, really, are some over-the-counter treatments in reducing eye strain? Common solutions include blue light glasses, which is one of the treatments Dr. LaRoche further elaborates on. Anecdotally, people who buy the blue light glasses, many people will come in, they say, oh, well, they help. Um, they certainly won't hurt you. And um, the problem with blue light is not necessarily what it does to your eye, but what it actually does um, you might've read about blue light affecting people's sleep cycles. Um, even those little tiny lights on your computer that are blue, they've done studies that actually affect people's sleep cycle. And it turns out that blue light suppresses the, the um, production of melatonin. Yo, Michael, don't you use a blue light filter to help you sleep? Yeah, I do, Matthew. I use night shift for my phone every night. Yeah, but I see you tag me, it means at 2 a.m. though. Oh, that's because I know you're up too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but how effective is the night shift really? Dr. Roche, what are your thoughts? Your phone will have a filter on it that you can put on to actually suppress the blue light from the filter, that night shift that you put on your phone. Um, that actually is very useful, not necessarily for eye strain, but for helping, you, for helping your sleep cycle. Um, the fluorescent lights in a room will emit blue light. LEDs emit blue light. Your phone, your screens, all of those things also emit blue light. And the blue light itself is not, that type of visible blue light is not damaging. Unlike ultraviolet light, which can damage tissue, the blue light is not damaging to the retina, um, but the blue light filter helps to cut some of the light from both the environment and from what's admitted on your screen. Instead of those glasses, I always suggest people actually turn on that blue light filter, at least if it goes on later in the day. Um, that being said, I think if you need correction, and the, one of the problems with ordering just the blue light glasses you get on the internet is the lenses themselves may not be optical quality. And any lens you put in front of your eye that you're not normally wearing, if it has optical aberrations on it, you get some distortion from the lens itself. 
while you're actually getting the correction. So if you have a pair of glasses designed for your computer, you know, maybe with your small amount of refractive error, because that's one of the things we also recommend. Many people have a small amount of astigmatism correction or a small amount of farsightedness, even if they have very good distance vision, that small amount of correction might help. And those people, or if we design special computer glasses, I always recommend the blue light filter in those, but I don't really recommend just blue light filters just for the sake of having a blue light filter. Okay, so there are pros and cons of blue light glasses. But how about the future of eye care technology? There's a lot of research on dry eye. I mean, when you talk about um, computer vision syndrome and you know its related side effects, um, a lot of the research is being done on dry eye. There are some, you probably see ads for prescription medications, which I think if it's mechanical dry eye from overuse, prescription dry eye medications are meant for physical dry eye caused by medical conditions. And so those I don't think you need, but um, the chemistry of the tier, artificial tears that are being produced are better all the time. Um, a lot of the tears, your tears in your eyes aren't just water. They're made up of mucus, water, and oil on the surface of it. And those, those balances of the oil, water, and mucus are critical. And a lot of the tears that you can buy at the drugstore will have a little bit of an emollient or a little bit of that oil in it that I was telling you that if you don't blink enough, you don't secrete enough oil. And so if the tear has that little bit of an emollient in it, not only does it make the tear, you know, the artificial tear soothing a little bit more, but it also helps to keep your tears, your natural tears from evaporating. So that's one technology is just on the medical side. But the other thing that we're doing with research in glasses is they're looking at ways to make your eyeglasses or your contact lenses um, help with eye strain. They make what they call enhanced single vision glasses that are actually helping for computer focus. Um, my daughter wears a lens that's an enhanced single vision lens called an iZen, which is designed for computer use. It has a little bit of extra focus in the bottom of it, not only to help with the focus on the computer, but it also gives a little bit of peripheral blur that helps in suppressing, you know, in a little bit in myopia control. So you don't over focus to cause yourself to get more nearsighted. Um, and things like that, there's um, some new digital ways to design eyeglasses. At this point, they're very expensive, but especially for older patients that need glasses to help them focus because they're over 40. Um, there's a lot of technology improvement in actually the manufacturing of, of vision wear. Um, new multifocal contact lenses are being designed exactly for this, for people who are getting more and more nearsighted and to give some soft focus in the periphery to help with computer use. So in that way, not technology in the physical eyeball itself, but technology to help visually people focus longer. So far, we've covered a lot about eye strain. Starting from the increase in screen times due to COVID, predictions about the current generation's eye health, trending products to mitigate eye strain, and the future of eye care technology. To close the interview, we asked Dr. Desroches about the simplest and perhaps the most effective solution that we can have now without any tech help or spending money on products. We talk about visual hygiene. I mean, I talk to almost every patient about visual hygiene and that's not just looking away from the screen, but, um, but dry eye control. And because, um, let me back up. If, 
eye strain has a big word. It's called asthenopia. Um, and I, I love to tell people that because it's a weird word. Um, and asthenopia is just a fancy word for eye strain. And asthenopia is caused not only by focusing on the computer, which uses the muscles of the, the muscles on your eyes, but it also is due to dry eye because you don't blink as much when you're reading. When you stare at a screen, when you look in a room, you look around the room. And when you, whenever you look from one side to the other, you're gonna blink your eyes. And when you stare at a screen, you're only looking a few inches at a time and, and that doesn't make you blink. And so not only when you read are you blinking less, but staring at a screen, you're not actually moving, which makes you blink less. When you don't blink, the air hits your eyes and it dries the surface. A, an eye is a wet tissue and when it's dry, it's foggy. And you know, so that actually makes the blur worse, which makes you squint more, which makes you get more eye strain. It's, it's a vicious cycle. And we talk about visual hygiene and that means you need to blink more. And that's 20, 20, 20. We tell everybody 20, 20, 20, every 20 minutes, you need a 20 second break and you need to look 20 feet away. And I tell my patients, I say, look out the window or look across the room because when you move and you look over there, you're gonna automatically blink and you will change the focus on the inside of your eye to distance. So it's not just focusing at close, you focus far and then you look close and then you look far, just, and that's like stretching. Um, the ocular surface, which is what gets dry, is also wet by blinking. And it's your eyelids that actually wet your eyes. And so if you don't blink, the eyes dry out. And if you blink more regularly, if you blink more regularly, that keeps the ocular surface dry. When you're looking at your screen, trying to keep it clear, you stare at it, you reduce your blink rate. That just made me really self-conscious about how much I'm blinking right now too. Well, I have patients that tell me, they say, well, I try not to blink while I'm reading. Like, no! <laughs> oh, that's, that's really interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Not only when you blink do you actually wet your eye, but there's a little oil gland in your eyelid. They're called the meibomian glands. And those glands are, you excrete the oil by blinking. When you blink, it, it, the muscle constricts the opening of that oil gland, putting a little drop of oil on the eye. Oil is what keeps the tears in place because oil keeps your tears from evaporating. So you actually need to blink to pump the oil, not only wet the eye with the natural tears, but to actually pump those little oil glands in your eyelids. I personally felt like, you know, a lot of the things that um, I've been told to do, like, you know, like look out like every 20 minutes or so, like I just kind of forgot about it, like since online classes starts. And I have so, um, on that one too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this has been like, even just, the, these are like really helpful advices. Like, Am I making you feel bad for not looking away from your screen? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a good thing. Cause like, I rather like, you know, take a break once in a while than like, you know, sitting in front of my laptop watching lectures for like three hours straight. <laughs> but, you, but when you're on campus and when you're seeing other people, you go to the, you go to a lecture, you move around, you look different places, you take notes, then you look at the professor, you take notes you look at your neighbor you take you know and so you move not only do you move your eyes but you move your head mm -hmm. which moves your shoulders <laughs> and then you have to get up after 50 minutes or 72 minutes or however long the long classes are and you have to get up and walk to your next class and mm -hmm. then you might have a break and it, with you guys you have a break so you turn on a tv show <laughs> and, which is on your screen and when you're on campus 
you would go to the library or to get a cookie or you know to do things and all of those things you'd go to the printer to get what you printed all of those things are very different than when you're just you know on the screen all day and your class changes so you have five minutes between it and then you just turn your screen on a different screen after our interview with dr de roche i had a similar conversation with matthew and michael about how we know the solutions to prevent eye strain yet how difficult it was to stick to these seemingly simple set of rules yeah but i i'm realizing that sometimes it's really hard to stick to our goals and follow what we want to do for example a lot of students have assignments due 11:59 p.m. so it's hard to actually just like shut off our computers early in the night or just like take walks whenever we want to So I'm wondering if the if the solutions that we just talked about are actually feasible to college students. I don't think the solutions are infeasible, but it's just very hard when all these students are just studying till late hours and I think this is also where uh the concept diminishing marginal returns comes into play because when we're doing this paper or we're studying for this test or assignment it's really tempting to say oh i have until 4 5 6 a.m. to study for this and i have a lot of time but i think past two or three a lot of people including myself and maybe you guys are just ah oh, this is disgusting i just feel so tired i just want to quit and i think just the later hours of that studying just becomes unbearable and what i'm not even sure what I actually learn sometimes when I pull an all-nighter or what I'm even writing. So I think diminishing marginal returns in this context where it's like oh even if you study for the next 4 or 5 hours to like 7 8 a.m. how much of that is actually positive or productive return on the time you're investing into this assignment or just this prelim I just really want to echo that um in how students really should prioritize their health over their work. I think the solution to eye strain is not to uh, adding on to, you know, minimizing screen time and using eye drops, uh, using flux to minimize blue light, but also to really think about what behaviors are sustainable in my lifestyle no matter how virtual this society gets. Yeah, I think the point that you bring up of how many more hours do I have in me? It's like 3 a.m. How long can I keep going? I think it's something that a lot of college students feel, maybe even high school students, because of the pressure. And I think the problem is if they're already at that point, um it means that there's already a prior problem that's causing it. So if you're putting off an exam until you only have 2 days left or 1 day left, I think that already in itself is an issue. and i think what's responsible for that is actually covid because of the fact you perceive i have everything online on canvas i can just watch all the lectures all in a row you know i've thought about doing that before thankfully i haven't and i've been able to save myself some um probably a lot of stress and i just think it's very important to kind of just know that even when you're online it's very important to pace yourself because when you go back out in, out into on uh in person classes you don't really have that luxury to kind of just binge through classes you kind of have to go there every day so i think the transition back to in person will kind of re- relieve some of these eye strains and these 
very, very taxing all-nighters. And that was the end of our conversation. So maybe the solution to eye strain isn't just to remember the 20-20-20 rule, but also to choose behaviors that are sustainable for your health. Eye strain is undoubtedly much more prevalent in the Zoom era, but it's just as crucial to consider where you spend your time and whether it's still worth sacrificing your health and well-being for it. And don't study at 3 a.m. And no sending memes at 2 a.m. either, Michael. Special thanks to Dr. Laura Dick Roche for providing insights into the many mysteries and myths of eye strain. Once again, I'm Matthew. I'm Michael. I'm Jen. I'm Tina. And I'm Dane. And thanks for listening. And this was Fear the Pod, where science meets society.